Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents Podcast, featuring industry experts, insight, and perspective on the issues impacting the business of sports. In this episode, sponsored by USA Track and Field, we explore the business relationship between elite athletes and sponsors as USA Track and Field celebrates Max Siegel's 10th anniversary as CEO. Max joins us along with Olympians Jackie Joyner-Kersey, Shantae Lowe, and Wallace Spearman. Well, thanks to all of you for joining us. And uh, USA Track and Field just celebrated Max Siegel's 10th anniversary as CEO. Want to reflect on the past 10 years. Max, congratulations on a decade now as CEO. Hard to believe. It's gone by pretty quickly. And how have you impacted the culture in your sport in your mind and why is that so important well first of all thanks for having me on and uh, i'm excited about the last 10 years it feels like 70 actually but uh, the thing i think that uh, we set out to do when we got there is to, to have a culture that was very inclusive that was diverse that was committed to excellence and really was there to serve all of our stakeholders and especially our elite athletes when you took over Let's just say there was room for improvement, right? What was the first thing that you tackled when you took over as CEO? Well, the first thing that we wanted to do was to really establish the mission of the organization, to have a commitment to excel on the commercial side of the business in the same manner that our elite athletes were on the world stage. So taking a look at the organization, making sure that the infrastructure uh, supported what it was that we set out to do, and then giving the organization the commercial stability that we needed so we could be innovative. You know, for those of us who cover sports, watch sports, enjoy sports, when you watch elite athletes, particularly track and field, any sport, but specifically USA track and field, You know, you don't think of the business behind it. You just assume that that's all in order. And if it's not, that can cause issues on the track, right? Yeah, absolutely. What a lot of people don't realize is the fact that our athletes are independent contractors. So they get support from a number of different sources, including the federation. But it's our job to try to eliminate as many distractions as we possibly can to allow them to train to be the best and to compete uh, in a manner where they are the number one team in the world. Now, you had shared a story earlier. I want you to share with our audience about your first trip as the CEO to Monaco. And uh, this is a pretty special story about the global impact, right? Absolutely. I had the opportunity a few months ago to speak to some young people at a juvenile center and they asked me about my background and I explained to them that my parents didn't go to college and what a tremendous responsibility it was to represent the United States on the world stage. And when I took the job, I had no idea of the magnitude of the impact that our organization and our athletes have on the world. So I got on a plane to go to Monaco to celebrate the 100th anniversary of our international federation's founding. The United States was one of 17 countries. When I got off the plane in Nice, France, I was escorted to a helicopter, flown over to Monaco, put in a motorcade, driven to the palace, and as the guest of honor of Prince Albert, 
uh, representing the United States, uh, everyone at that festivity started to talk to us about our athletes, uh, what was going on in the United States. And it was a huge market for them. And it just made me realize the magnitude of the impact that USA Track and Field as an organization, our athletes individually have on culture globally. Well, your 10th anniversary uh, this summer, special event coming up. We're going to talk more about that in a second. But without further ado, I want to bring in one of my heroes, the legendary Jackie Joyner-Kersey joining us. And uh, Jackie, thanks for taking time out. And you can lend such perspective here as one of the most iconic figures in sports, any sports. How have you seen the organization grow and change over the past 10 years? Wow, when you talk about the growth of the sport of track and field, and when I think about all the years that I have been involved with the sport, but just not on the field, the leadership and the team that Max has brought to the table has made uh, a tremendous impact on many, many levels. You know, from when you talk about inclusive, you know, you talk about the diversity you know, you look at our sport itself, it's the most diverse sport it is. And then you go to the administration side, you're starting to see that. And in all my years of being involved with uh, USA Track and Field, and I could be corrected, I think Max is our first African-American leader of our sport. And, and all the things that he's been able to do, I just think it's the credit to his intellect, his ability to connect people. And I know when I first sat down and talked with Max and they invited me to the office, I had never really been to the office outside of not just coming in and seeing what they're trying to do. And to me, that spoke volumes, how he was able to just bring people in who are no longer in the sport, just because I wasn't competing, that he still made me feel like I was a part of the family. You know, it's amazing in all those years, the level you competed what you accomplished that you had not been privy to the business side, right? And that speaks volumes, you know, to Max and what he's done was to embrace you and so many others, right? And to capitalize on that and to help you and so many other athletes to capitalize on the business aspects of this, right? Yes, I think it's very important because a lot of times people just see us out there run, jump and throw and say you're an athlete, right? But there's a business side. And there's a way that I think that we can help spread that word by being able to know what's going on, you know, because I do know that the board set policy, but then there's an administration side to make sure those policies are follow out. But a lot of times you always feel that there is a fight against ourselves in trying to make our sport better. And what Max has been able to do, you know, you talk about the sponsorship, they were barely operating on a shoestring of money. And then to be able to pull money in so they can operate from the administration side, but then be able to give the athletes what they need, not just the elite athletes. We're talking about our grassroots programs and all the different programs that make USA Track and Field the diverse sport that it is. You know, sports and business are intertwined. And, you know, Max has done that incredible job of of bringing the business side to sport, USA Track and Field, Um, with the sponsorships, embracing them. And along the way, you touched on this, and I want to take a deeper dive into the fact that, you know, the things that you have now in terms of benefits that you did not have, you know, 
10, 20 years ago, right, in terms of health insurance and stipends and medical reimbursements. And I mean, these are things I know you had to scratch this stuff together when you were competing, right? Now it's there. Now it's a reality. Yes, it is a reality. And I'm sure uh, Shante, as well as Wallace, would speak to that. I can honestly say, you know, giving my all to the sport, leaving the sport with bandage on my legs, you know, but we don't have a a 401 plan or a 401B plan. You know, when we leave our sport, we leave the sport. But when we're competing, we give the sport all we have to give it. And Max brought his business mindset in trying to connect those dots, you know, not just from on the medical side, but then also on the professional side that will allow these athletes to still compete at a high level while others don't realize that when you're trying to make an Olympic team and you're spending eight hours and it's easy for people to say, oh, go out there and get a job. It's really tough trying to do that when you're trying to be the best in the world. You know, I thought it was interesting, Shante reaching out to you. I mean, you're a role model from an athletic perspective, but you are also an incredible role model on a business perspective. And here she is not reaching out to you about anything athletic. It's about, hey, speaking engagements, right? And business. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool for you, right? It's very cool for me because I always give my number to people. And I, when I say call me, I mean call me. Whatever I can do to help our athletes. I want to share what I've learned that's made a difference and that's changed my life. You know, while I was competing, I was making relationships. I think relationships are very important. I always knew I wanted to be in the community, doing my community work. And I always knew I wanted to speak, but I never imagined people would pay me to come and speak and share my story. That wasn't part of the plan, but it is a way that offset when I wasn't able to compete, I could still go somewhere and speak and, and make just as much as I was doing competing. <laughs> no question. You've been a role model in sports and in business. It's That's pretty cool. And Shante, I want to bring you in now too. And Hope it's okay I shared that because it really does show, you know, the tight bond not only in the organization but between the athletes. And, you know, before we talk specifically about programs and benefits and all that good stuff, it's this family business, right? It feels like family, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that prior to Max and Renee coming on to USATF, there was a peripheral invisible wall where we weren't able to get to the the top of leadership and be able to share what we cared about or what we needed, there wasn't an open invitation to do so. But immediately from the first day, I remember seeing Max and Renee walking in the Olympic Village and be like, oh, wow, these are the new leadership. And they were so tangible. We were able to access them and they really made it as though they were like, no, it's not that we are way up here and you guys are down here. We are on a playing field where we we want to work alongside you to make this the best experience possible for not only yourselves, but your families. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, now you have the opportunity uh, with these sponsors who are so invested with you, the organization to, you know, pay it back, pay it forward, partner with them. The opportunities uh, that have been created are really endless, aren't they? I think that when you get a a talent pool of track and field athletes. A lot of us come in with great college educations that have been afforded to us through our academics. I mean, our, I'm sorry, our athletic ability, but we're able to take advantage of those. And you get these athletes that are 
very high intensity, very personable, very marketable that have these social media followings in college throughout their respective cities. And it's very attractive to partners that want to come alongside them because it's mutually beneficial and it's lucrative on both sides. It allows the athlete to be able to train unhindered, being able to have those partnership dollars, but it shines the company in the light that they want to be represented in because we have a culture that cultivates highly professional, very marketable athletes that really get that brand message and that brand story across in unique ways. And I think that it's great that Max has worked so hard to create an inclusive and diverse environment because it's like sponsors get the pick of the very best of the best of the best to be able to advance their business through these relationships. Yeah, you know, Shante, it used to be from a consumer perspective, we would see athletes like yourself Jackie Joyner Kersey every four years, maybe in between at world championships. And, you know, I think what Max has done is to bridge that gap and fill that in. So it's it's not every four years or every two years. It's it's much more consistent and there's more opportunities, right? I remember having a conversation with him and telling him that I'm interested in financial services. And he connected me with a mentor that helped me reframe my resume. And within months, I'm working at a Fortune 100 company as a financial consultant, Series 7 license. And like that's the type of connections that he's constantly making. And it was mutually beneficial. He's always looking for ways to expand us both on and off the track. And it's, it's tremendous that we're able to do that. Now, Shante, I know you had a very personal experience that you want to share and the impact that this had on you. You know, as athletes, we always think about our value being on the track. And unfortunately, in 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, triple negative invasive ductal carcinoma, which is a very highly aggressive form of breast cancer. And I was extremely terrified. The fact is that one in eight women in their lifetime will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And unfortunately, African-American women are 40% more likely to die of breast cancer than our white counterparts. I was terrified because I did not know the security of my insurance information, and I was not able to compete to be able to earn my insurance. And that's when I knew that I could reach out to USATF and Max and really let them know what I was dealing with. And they were able to ensure that there was resources available to be able to extend my insurance. And I think we all know that, you know, throughout the pandemic, we found that health equity is a huge component that we want to address in our country and that underrepresented groups suffer adversely through health situations and crises. And in my particular case, I had to have months of chemotherapy and a double mastectomy. The surgery alone was over $160,000 and it would have bankrupted me. I'm a mother of three children. That would have been devastating. But USATF and Max rallied around me to make sure that I had that health insurance. And I believe that that is the only difference that I could stand here today and say that I'm cancer-free or get the opportunity to share this message worldwide through speaking engagements and different things because they gave me a chance at life. And I cannot ever pay that back. But that's one of the tangible things that happens when you have an organization that cares deeply about their athletes well beyond their performance. Amazing story, and we appreciate you sharing that. Wallace, I want to bring you in now, too, to get your perspective, maybe a little different lens for you. Um, Talk about this in terms of the professional athlete perspective, and and what's been your experience? Well, with Max, I'll say that 
We've experienced a lot of firsts. So I was the AAC chair. So basically the president of the players union. And from an early start, uh, Max and I kind of had a, a rocky start. Nothing that he did, but just years of, of just unfortunate events on my end didn't get us off to the best start. Uh, I believe the first conversation I had with Max, I told him, I said, hey, no disrespect to you. And it has nothing to do with you personally, but I don't trust you. And hopefully, I, you know, we can work to a point to where we can have a working relationship. So rather than kicking me to the curb, Max took me under his wing and I expressed to him, he kept asking me, you know, what are you gonna do when you retire? What do you wanna do? What do you wanna do? And there was an athlete that mentored me as I came up. He had that conversation with prior to me and she didn't take it so well. So he was somewhat guarded in his response in the conversation because he knew that that was a touchy subject. But long story short, he moved me to a point where I decided that I wanted to be a CEO of USA Track and Field one day. And he took me under his wing to show me exactly what that means and how to do it. I've learned everything I can about athlete benefits, tier programs, our stipends, insurance, and, and anything on, on the volunteer side. And so now he's showing me the professional side of the sport, and I'm very appreciative. It's crazy. We talk about family, and they've told me the story. Hopefully, I'm not stealing their thunder, but I believe Max was the first CEO to actually invite Jackie Joyner Kersey to the national office. So they're just... My first team I made, I honestly, to this day, I could guess, but I'm not sure who the CEO was. So he's just changed the culture of uh, letting athletes know I'm available. I want to work with you. And there's not two sides of this coin. We're on the same side and we're supposed to work together. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out, you know, and back to the question that he asked you, you know, what do you want to do when this phase of your career, your life is over? Had anybody else bothered to ask you that? Uh, no, honestly not. People just assume that you're going to run forever. That was the question that you typically get as an athlete is, are you still competing? And if so, are you training for the Olympic Games? No one really asks about what are you doing outside of the sport or how are you preparing to be ready for life after sport? You know, they, they love you while you're doing it. And when you can't do it anymore, they love the next person that can. So Max showed interest in that. And to me, that meant a lot. Uh, I say Max has a strong sense of family. And to me, personally, this might not be right for everybody, but family, family values influence the decisions people make, both within the family and outside. So making hard choices can sometimes be difficult, and people may feel helpless if they don't have those strong family values. So therefore, to me, family values help you make the right decision in the process. And I've had the opportunity to see how Max interacts with his family. That was one way that he showed me he was human, like the rest of us. He showed me his family. I've been to a few of their events. He takes those same principles to his work and he treats the athletes, the coaches, the agents and everyone they work with like family. And to me, that couldn't mean more to me. So I'm, I'm very proud and very, very happy that I've got to see that side of him. Hey, Wallace, speaking of the business aspect here, can you talk about the revenue distribution plan, how that works and the impact that's had? Well, first, let me say you asked earlier, had anyone ever asked me about retirement? And the answer to that was no. Well, on that same note, no one had ever asked anyone of my era about the business aspect of the sport. Max had raised $9 million that he wanted to give to athletes, but he wanted to make sure it was given in an impactful way. So he got athlete leadership and a group of select athletes that were, at the time, the premier athletes of the sport. He set us in a room and he told us, I have an idea. I want to give you this money, but you tell me how I can give it to you and how it will be impactful. It took the group of athletes two years to come up with a resolution because no one had ever asked us anything of that matter. So we had no idea. And to the point where some of the athletes thought it was a joke and they didn't believe it. But 
Max took a group of the leadership and gave them a few options, a few suggestions, taught them, you know, these are some things, these are some ideas, these are some ways. And it ended up turning into, if you made our world championship or Olympic team, you ended up getting $10,000 from making a team. So it was the start of a base salary for our athletes. And that was the first time in history that that had been done. So that was something that doesn't get talked about enough. Not only did we get financial impact, we also got the education of how the business works. So that was the jump start to the process for us. Wow. Well, Max, before I ask you the next question, how does this make you feel hearing all of this from, I mean, such a great team here? It, uh, it gets me really choked up, actually. You know, you work hard and you grind and you go to work every day and you try to be as good at your job as the athletes are when they compete. And it's often a thankless job, but uh, waking up every morning and seeing that you have the ability to touch lives really keeps me motivated to stay focused on what it is that I'm here to do every day. Yeah, well, you've done such a phenomenal job. You know, past couple years specifically, we've seen many sponsors exit, right, in different sports as well. Not USA Track and Field, though, and I want to ask you, how did you and your team, because I know it's a team, it's a business team as well, how did you manage to keep the programs, retain your sponsors, and keep everybody on track through what was a very difficult time for everybody? That's a great question. Jackie started off uh, some of her comments talking about the importance of relationships. We have a number of tremendous opportunities and platforms for our sponsors to engage. But from the very beginning, we want to make sure that we're aligning with the right fit, whether it's a brand fit, whether our missions align. Then we want to make sure that we manage everyone's expectations. We hold each other accountable and we deliver. But most importantly, you know, we're the only country in the world that does not get government support. So that in order for our athletes to get paid and our programs to be funded, it requires the, you know, the support of our commercial partners. Uh, our athletes were very, very transparent in communicating with the sponsors how important it was for them to continue to support them through the pandemic. I think that on the business side, we've always tried to deliver value and we promised to make up for any value that was lost. But most importantly, our sponsors understood that the importance of long-term relationships is absolutely critical. And I can tell you that it was personal. You know, the athletes humanized it. The sponsors appreciated it. And not only did they get to see the commercial value of their investment, but the personal impact that they had on the athletes. And I say it all the time, you know, sports is an incredible platform, but we do it not just to advance the commercial side of our business, but to have a positive cultural impact. And we do that on a global basis. So our sponsors came through. They continued to support us. We have renewed sponsorships and we brought on new ones. So I couldn't be more proud of the team that we have at USA Track and Field and the athletes as well. I know you created the uh, stipend program, thanks in large part to the Hershey Run Jump Throw events. And we have to mention Nike as well. Growing up in Oregon, I've got that DNA in my blood. We we know Nike nowadays for, you know, the NBA and these major sponsorships, but you go back to the 1970s with Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman and Hayward Field, and you know the DNA of Nike is track and field. That's where it all started with that waffle sole, and I know that relationship is is huge for you. Uh, and the deal you did with Nike and their support uh, was 
really what provides you with that financial security, right? Yeah, it was really interesting. I spent many years in NASCAR and I saw the up and the down when the economy hit and when the economy tanked, sponsors in and out. You know, there's an element uh, to sponsorship that is an emotional attachment and an engagement and an appreciation. And I can say that Nike's been a longtime partner of USA Track and Field, predating myself. Uh, but the executives who appreciate the sport understand the sacrifices that the athletes make know the value of the property on the global stage and have an emotional connection to USA track and field and the track and field sport. Uh, it was, it was so, it was incredible that they demonstrated that what they allowed us to do was, you know, cement the legacy of, you know, this federation for many years to come. It gave us the financial stability to, and it also allowed us to attract a number of commercial partners, whether it's Comcast or Garden of Life, the Hershey company that you spoke about, you know, Toyota. Uh, we brought on 19 new partners that have saw fit to associate and align themselves with USA Track and Field. But again, Nike, it's in their DNA. I don't think that USA Track and Field has the kind of value to any other partner in the world that it does to the founder of that company. And they demonstrated their commitment to our organization with the long-term deal that we did. You know, for me, it feels like after a decade here, everything's pointed in the right direction. There's no question about that. So many other sports leagues have struggled with diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? And that has not been an issue for you. And I know you've you've made this a priority since day one uh, of being diverse. You obviously have a diverse talent pool to choose from, right? To, uh, to work with in this family business. And I know that's important to you. Yeah, I'll say this. Our organization was not diverse on the administrative side when I got there. And I think the success that we've had as an organization can be attributed to the diversity of thought, the diversity of experience in our organization. We were very deliberate about it. We were intentional about it. We were very thoughtful. And I think when you look at the performance of our organization, we've had the most financial success, the most athletic success. And I think the largest cultural impact in the history of USA track and field medal count. And so uh, what we aspire to be is the number one federation in the world. And we have quantitative and qualitative objectives and goals that we measure ourselves against. I really, really credit uh, the diversity of our athletes, the diversity of our team and the diversity of thought. We are incredibly innovative in solving problems when you have people that sit around the table that have different perspectives. You can agree to disagree, but the fact of the matter is when you have great debate and you approach it and you bring your collective experience to the table, I'm a firm believer that you come out with a much more effective solution than if you weren't diverse. So, you know, I'm really proud of our diversity. We're the most diverse organization athletically and administratively in the Olympic movement. And I attribute our success over the past decade to that. Well, I can't think of a better way for you and your team and all of us to celebrate 10 years for you with the World Athletics Championships this summer, July 15th through the 24th in well, Tracktown, USA, Eugene, Oregon, near and dear to my heart. And I know everybody in track and field uh, on U.S. soil here. This is a gigantic deal for all of us. And I know for you, this has got to be pretty special. It is absolutely special. And I would be remiss if I did not credit all of the people throughout USA Track and Field that worked 
to bring this event to the United States. It has been a dream of so many people. There's so many stakeholders across the entire organization that work to get it here. And the team, uh, the local organizing committee, they're doing a fantastic job. I am so excited to host what I think will be the best world championships that I've ever been to. Uh, it'll be sold out. I think the athlete experience is gonna be off the charts. The fans are gonna be really entertained and there will be so much excitement around this event. And we wanna use this as a catalyst to give us this glide path to LA 2028. So to have the world championships on American soil for the first time is such an honor. And we look forward to executing it in a flawless manner. Well, Max, Jackie, Shante, Wallace, thanks to all of you for taking time out to join us and we appreciate everything you've done on the field and off the field really setting an example for all of sports thank you thank you thank you and again congratulations thank you thanks again to usa track and field ceo max siegel and olympians jackie joiner kersey shante lowe and wallace spearman for joining us And thank you for downloading Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents podcast, sponsored by USA Track and Field.